hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm Dr. Aaron Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and coach in life. And this is the place to come if you are feeling down, if you're feeling mm, off kilter, if you feel just like you need a kick in the ass of encouragement, this is your place. Because let me tell you, I am bringing stories of encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to show you that a life of joy and sustainable work is absolutely possible. And today my guest is Dr. Judith Mills, fellow DO woman, whoop whoop, and family medicine doc, who did a few stints doing some different things in pain management and now currently doing inpatient rehab. But what she's most jazzed up about right now is her work in lifestyle medicine. And she shares how she has found ways to help patients find their way to optimal health through food. She also talks about her frustrations with the traditional system of medicine and how we all do have some micro traumas and PTSD on how we're practicing medicine that's affecting how we're delivering knowledge. So take a listen, see if you can glean anything from this conversation, and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Judith Mills. It is so great to have you today. Oh, thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. All right. Well, why don't you tell all those listeners out there all about yourself and what you're doing in the world? So as you said before, I'm Dr. Judith Mills. Um, I am board certified in lifestyle medicine, family medicine. Um, I work as a rehab doc, actually. So it's a long story behind that. Um, But my real love and my passion is, is on nutrition and health and helping my patients overcome some of these chronic health conditions. Um, and also helping our providers um, seek solutions that our patients have been looking for for a long time. I love it. I know you didn't allude into how you went from family doctor rehab doc, but I would really like to know like the short synopsis of it. You know, actually, it's one of those things where, you know, you're itching. So I started off with um, family medicine. I did, you know, traditional um, medicine. I, I did my training in New York. Um, and I came to like a rural area in Minnesota, loved it, but there was something still missing. I kind of got that three-year itch after residency, um, after practicing for a while, like there's something still there's, and I, so I moved into pain management actually. And then, then while I was there, I kind of just um, fell into rehab and I loved connecting with the patient. I love the time. That was a really big deal. It's a time to educate. And I feel like my role is an educator. You know, we're just different type of education, but I'm a big educator. And I had the opportunity to, to work with patients. They're here for a couple of weeks um, at a time and just really educate them on some of their issues that are going on. So that's how I fell into it. It was, it was just, it just happened. You know, the, the prior medical director, she had retired and I just happened to be there. And I've always Isn't it great when that the universe just works out like that and you're like, wow, yeah. maybe this is what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then we all get a little bit further in our journey and then we find new things, right? Of course. Yes. I think that's normal. We're supposed to be learning, uh, continually learning. Um, and I think that's a wonderful thing that human beings have. And so we change. Yeah. And when we allow ourselves to change, then we don't have that like stuckness. 
you know, that we can continue on that journey. So I love yep. that about you. Yep. Thank you yep. for sharing your journey. Yeah. And it's, you know, one of the things too, it's okay to change. I think that's what, when you're saying stuckness, I've, I've definitely felt it a few over the course of a few years, like, okay, is this where I'm supposed to settle? And we don't have to settle. And I think that's where we need to have that. Okay. It's okay for you to develop, to go on. And I think when I, when I did my board certification for lifestyle medicine, it was just another thing. I feel like there's something else missing. There's another part of medicine that I can really talk to my patients about and, and help them further, you know? And it's so wonderful to be able to, to kind of have that light bulb and things that patients can do easily right there. You know, it doesn't have to be some big medication or big treatment. It's things that they are empowered to do. Mm -hmm. And really finding out like, where that empowerment needs to come in, I think is such an integrative part of lifestyle right. medicine. And that yeah. really like segues as well into the sentence that you really wanted to focus around, which is eating our way to optimal health. Yes. Tell me a little bit about why you chose that sentence. So the, so one of the chemicals that we put into our body is food, right? It's the most prevalent chemical that we, we use it's what our body encounters multiple times a day. And we don't realize how much um, food has an impact on our health. We think it's just medication or some other things or we fall. But food is one of those um, products that really impacts our health greatly. If we are not conscious of what we're putting in, you know, just like what they say, junk in is junk out. And it really is true. We're not feeding ourselves. We're not feeding our brain. You know, so we're not feeding our body and then we're, therefore we're not feeding our soul. Yeah. And when you're saying this, how can that translate to us as the doctors? So like myself, I went through a period of time where I felt like, okay, there's more to this than just handing out medication. You know, um, I was kind of frustrated with the fact that patients were coming back. They weren't being treated with what was supposed to be the gold standard, the miracle cure. Um, and I felt that these patients, you know, we had those difficult patients and you're like, oh, oh goodness, you're back again. I just gave you the best medication out there, um, the best treatment that I know, and you're still not satisfied what's going on. You know, and, and with that, that had me develop a really bad relationship with my patients. You know, that thought process, even though I didn't say it in front of them, um, I dreaded certain patients. I dreaded seeing them because I felt like I didn't have anything else to give, right? And so it was creating a little bit of um, dislike for medicine for me. And I, and I theorize that many other providers are having that same um, issue. Oh, they absolutely. get really frustrated and tired. What else is there? And so with that, I, I, I went on to do more training so that I can learn more about some things that the patient can do. So it empowers me to be able to teach a patient and uh, hopefully with, um, with empowering other providers to seek just lifestyle medicine to be able to treat their patient and have developed that better relationship because it was guilt. I know I was feeling guilt at one point in time when I saw a patient and you're like, oh, you are draining me. But then, um, but then now having this additional um, method or ways or way to look at them, I'm like really excited to share my patients. And it's changed my perception of medicine and it changed my outlook and how I practice medicine. Do you think it's because instead of you being like holder and keeper of the magic, 
that you've started to like open it up and, and let them participate in it? Or is it something different? Yes. No, you're right. You know, when we empower our patients to make change, before we had this type of society where, you know, I'm the physician, I know everything that you're supposed to do, right? And with that, we've kind of babied our patients. I don't know if there's a better word for it. We've enabled them. And so now we're getting to that point where we're stressed because those patients can't move on. It's like having toddlers that never grow up. And, um, and now having the ability to give them the education and empower them, I feel relieved that they're set off with some great information that they can do anywhere right and i think providers would like to have that because i suspect that this is also contributing to some of our burnout not having the right information evidence-based information to pass on to patients so that they can make a difference and it also shows how much you care because we all care we do um, but it's just that we don't always have in particularly medicine, we don't have all the the answers, but we can just empower our patients to be able to try for themselves. Yeah, because I think just like we were talking before the recording, the opposite of empowerment and, and helping is those micro traumas and yes. the other side of it. Speak a little bit to that. So I know it happened to me. I think and I don't know if I was um, burnt out necessarily, but I know I was experiencing some of that PTSD. And I call it microtraumas because those patients, they are being treated, but then you're coming back, right? And they are not seeing the progress that you would anticipate. You're feeling their pain. You're feeling their frustration. It's, it's very wearing on you. And I think those are the microtraumas that Um, particularly primary care physicians are feeling and it enhances their level of PTSD, our own micro PTSD, you know, and, and so we're fearful at work. We don't want to talk to our patients anymore. We're not happy, you know, so we are not able to take care for ourselves. And another thing I want to point out too, is because we're not doing some of these lifestyle changes ourselves. We were never taught that, right? We were never taught that in medical school. We weren't taught that in residency, definitely. So we don't know even how to handle some of these um, medical problems for our own self, much less to be able to speak to our patient and, and help them. So it's a lack. I think nutrition and lifestyle medicine is a big, big deficit in our education process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just excited for you and other colleagues who are leading the forefront on this and saying, hey, we need to know more about this because like you said, food is medicine as well. And I don't feel like we, but I, I wonder if it's almost the medical community hasn't given enough attention to this huge area of the human experience, which is what we consume and what we put in our bodies and on our bodies. No, you're right. Um, we are always behind the times. You know, medicine is like 10 or 20 years behind. And we, I think we just take it for granted, like, oh, I, I don't believe you can really eat your way out of this. You know, we don't really put an emphasis on what we put into our mouth, make an impact in how our body works. And because also we don't practice it ourselves enough, um, we're not given the opportunity to practice. We're put into a society where, um, you know, it's high stress, keep going, you can do it. Um, you know, so we experience that with residency, we experience that with medical school, you can live off a small amount of sleep. Um, you know, so we are, we're put into that type of environment and then we expect that our patients also can be able to tolerate that. But, but as we are seeing nowadays, um, our students are not happy with that. 
um, as far as medical students. Um, there's high risk of suicide, right? Um, because what? What happens when you don't have sleep for a prolonged period of time, right? If, if we're feeling it, our patients are feeling it, right? And so we're not talking about that enough, about how we can do self-care. When we start to talk about self-care, when we start to talk about lifestyle medicine for ourselves, then we would be a greater force for our patients because then you can say, I've tried this. You are the witness, basically. Um, well, I know how to- You're walking your talk then. You're walking your talk, yeah, exactly. You know, I can help you heal your, you know, get over GERD. You don't need another medication to do so. But hey, if with my, you know, with nutrition training and decreasing certain things that we eat and um, stop eating before a certain time, we can help you overcome GERD. Those little simple things that we think is simple, but we, we prescribe medication and the patient gets frustrated. It's too expensive. It causes other side effects. Um, so we don't talk the talk and walk the walk enough. And we're not taught that. Well, and tell me now what you're doing for the future to help with this. So my goal is um, to continue to in, empower patients and hopefully empower providers over the course of time. You know, at my institution, I put on educational classes for, for my patients and it's grown over the uh, couple of years. I mean, first it was like, well, and I did have that imposter syndrome, like, well, who am I to really talk about nutrition? It's supposed to be the dietitian that does that or some other person. Um, but I had to educate myself on it. And it was empowering because patients, even though you might refer to another um, uh, specialty like the dietitian, they still want to hear it from the physician. Mm -hmm. They still do. And so I've been able to um, hold educational classes here, um, change people's perception of food and particularly focusing on whole food and plant-based and how that helps your body, you know, and teaching about the, the pathophysiology in as layman term as possible. So it's exciting to see that light bulb go off in patients and they can now take that knowledge and go anywhere with it and make changes for themselves, right? So my, few, my goal is to go on and, and continue to educate patients, yeah, and, and hopefully educate providers as, as we go forward. Yeah. And if there's anyone else who's interested in lifestyle medicine or who's currently practicing in it and they want to connect with you, what would be the best ways to hang out with you? So you can get me by email, drjudithmills at gmail.com. That's Dr. Judith Mills. Um, also on Facebook, you know, that's like the big connector. So Judith Mills, just get me on Facebook. It's I'll respond. Awesome. Well, I love it. Thank you so much for being a listener. Now a podcast guest. It's always oh, so exciting. exciting. Yes, it is. You're just awesome. I love listening to your program. Um, it takes me through some really rough times in my exercise. I can be able to, to go forward when I'm exercising. I'm like, this is fun. This is great. I know I'm paying attention to the pain. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm so glad. And if there's any other uh, listeners out there who want to come on the podcast, it's super easy. I promise. Judith, you, you can tell them it's the easiest thing in the world. I'd love awesome. to speak with any and everyone who's out there in podcast well, world. Thank you. You're doing a great job for petitioning for us. Thank you so much, Dr. Judith Mills, for coming on the podcast and reminding all of us, hey, we got to take care of ourselves first. I mean, seriously, 
How are we going to take care of patients if we ourselves are drowning? You know, I saw an illustration recently that was talking about um, some of the measures that um, organizations are trying to do for doctors. And it was kind of funny. One of them was uh, talking about throwing a doctor a first aid kit when they're drowning. Yeah, it seems like help, but not the right type. Anybody relate with that? I mean, come on, throw me a life preserver, at least a little floaty noodle at times. And I think it's really important what Dr. Mills is saying is that, you know, really the knowledge that we need for ourselves is the same that our patients need. And so it's okay to take some time to pause, to pump the brakes, slow things down, to learn it for yourself to put it in action for yourself so then you can go out to the world. You can go into your office or hospital and be the example and say, hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. I mean, hell, that's the name of this podcast, Dr. Me First. And you know why I named it that? Because I wanted to shout out to the world to be like, hey, someone help us too. Why not take care of your most vital asset when it comes to healthcare, your people? So I just encourage you today. I don't know where you're at, but I just feel like there's somebody out there who needs permission. Well, guess what? You have it. And if you need me to write you a permission slip, you just email me. I'll make it all fancy on letterheads and everything. But you have permission. You have permission to take care of yourself. You have permission to say no. You have permission to say, this is most important to me. You have permission to have priorities that are different than other people. You have permission to live your life the way you feel like you need to. You have permission. So my friend, write it on a post-it note. Remind yourself, doctor me first. Aaron says I have permission. And go out and do the work that your soul is yearning for. And don't forget... Your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Heavy lids. One, two, three, four. You've got something to ignore.